I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading five Psalms, Psalm 7, 27, 31, 34, and 52. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. So why are we looking at these five Psalms, and why aren't we reading them sequentially? Well, these are Psalms that go with the book of 1 Samuel. As we read through the Bible chronologically, we seek to read the writings of David during the period of his life in which the Psalms were actually written. While some of the Psalms are quite specific in their introductions regarding the occasion of their writing, we're left to conjecture on others. So these five Psalms were likely written as David was on the run from Saul. You may want to read the historical backdrop for these Psalms in 1 Samuel chapters 21 through 24. Now let me tell you a little something about the words written between the chapter numbers and the first verse. Not all of the Psalms have introductions, but Psalm 7 says, A meditation of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning the words of Cush, a Benjamite. These words serve as Psalm introductions, and they are indeed part of the Hebrew text. In Psalm 7, we find that God loves the righteous. That's the theme of this psalm. And again, the subtitle begins, A meditation of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning the words of Cush, a Benjamite. Verse 1. O Lord my God, in you I put my trust. Save me from all those who persecute me, and deliver me, lest they tear me like a lion, rending me in pieces, while there is none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is iniquity in my hands, if I have repaid evil to him who was at peace with me, or have plundered my enemy without cause, let the enemy pursue me and overtake me. Yes, let him trample my life to the earth, and lay my honor in the dust, Selah. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up because of the rage of my enemies. Rise up for me to the judgment you have commanded. So the congregation of the people shall surround you for their sakes. Therefore, return on high. The Lord shall judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just, for the righteous God tests the hearts and minds. My defense is of God, who saves the upright in heart. God is a just judge, and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he does not turn back, he will sharpen his sword. He bends his bow and makes it ready. He also prepares for himself instruments of death, he makes his arrows into fiery shafts. Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity. Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out, and has fallen into the ditch which he made. His trouble shall return upon his own head, and his violent dealings shall come down on his own crown. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness, and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Well, the Bible elsewhere makes no mention of Cush the Benjamite. Obviously, David is distressed in this psalm. While it's impossible to know for sure, it's certainly likely that this psalm was written by David when he was fleeing Saul's wrath. 
he puts his case before the Lord, and he believes in his own heart that he's not done anything to deserve the ill treatment of his adversaries. David makes a strong appeal in verses 4 and 5 when he says, in essence, if I'm the aggressor here, then bring on my punishment. Of course, he was convinced that he wasn't the aggressor. He makes his case in verse 8 when he says, The Lord shall judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. In Psalm 27, we see that God takes care of me. It's a psalm of David, and David, of course, is talking about himself. The subtitle says, A Psalm of David. Verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me, he shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord." In verses 1 through 6, David shows great confidence in the Lord's protection. He cries out for communion with God in verses 7 through 12, and he tops it off with a final expression of confidence in the last two verses. Again, it seems likely that this psalm was written by David as he was fleeing Saul. I memorized verse 14 back in my early 20s as a reminder not to jump the gun on decisions after committing them to God in prayer. That verse says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. In Psalm 31, we have a prayer of expression toward God's faithfulness. The subtitle to this one says, To the Chief Musician, a Psalm of David, verse 1. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me, deliver me speedily, be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress, therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me, for you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. I have hated those who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord." I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. 
you have known my soul in adversities, and have not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief, yes, my soul and my body. For my life is spent with grief, and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity, and my bones waste away. I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and am repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside flee from me. I am forgotten like a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side. While they take counsel together against me, they scheme to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine upon your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. Do not let me be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon you. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak insolent things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you, in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of men. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried out to you. O love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. As I said earlier, fleeing Saul's pursuit is likely the setting for this psalm of David as well. Notice verse 5, Into your hand I commit my spirit. Now Jesus used these words from the cross regarding his death in Luke chapter 23, verse 46. Notice how David establishes the premise upon which he seeks relief from God in verse 3 when he says, For you are my rock and my fortress, therefore for your namesake lead me and guide me. David uses that old argument used by Moses every time God was inclined to destroy Israel for their rebellion. And remember, Moses would say, how's it going to look, God, if your people don't succeed? So David here says, everyone knows my faith in God. How's it going to look if you don't deliver me? Hey, let's face it. Your quality of life changes when the head of state has a bounty out on your head. Feel David's pain as he says in verse 11, I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and am repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside flee from me. After Saul slaughtered the priest's entire family, except for one escapee, and that was because of their assistance to David in 1 Samuel chapter 22, it's obvious that friendship with David has its risk. Even the king's own son has to play dodge the javelin because of the kindness that he demonstrated to David, and that's recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 20. Psalm 34, Taste and See that the Lord is Good. The subtitle to this one says, A Psalm of David when he pretended madness before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. Verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days, that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. The introduction to this psalm says, a psalm of David, when he pretended madness before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. Now, here's an excerpt from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. It says the title of Psalm 34 mentions another Abimelech, who in all probability is the same as Achish, king of Goth. He's found in 1 Samuel chapter 21, beginning in verse 10 down through chapter 22, verse 1. That's with whom David sought refuge when fleeing from Saul and with whom he was dwelling at the time of the Philistine invasion of Israel, which, by the way, cost Saul his kingdom and his life, which we'll read about when we get over to 1 Samuel chapter 27. It appears from this that Abimelech was the royal title and not actually the personal name of the Philistine kings. So we see from the introduction to this psalm that these words are penned by David at the same time he was faking mental illness before the Philistine king. That ploy didn't work out, but David's faith in God nonetheless remains strong. Now, there are some great deliverance verses in this chapter. Some that I've memorized that I would recommend to you are Psalm 34, 4, which says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. And verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Now, here's another interesting aspect of this psalm. This is an acrostic poem. Each verse begins with the successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. That's why there are exactly 22 verses in this psalm, one for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet in order. Now, you know, that's not easy. Try composing a poem about deliverance from God using all the letters of our English alphabet as the first letter of the first word of each verse. Now, that's especially challenging when you get down to X and Z. How poetic for a man faking insanity 
and on the run. That brings us to Psalm 52, which has a history. The subtitle to this one says, To the Chief Musician, a contemplation of David when Doeg the Edomite went and told Saul and said to him, David has gone to the house of Ahimelech. Verse 1, Why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? The goodness of God endures continually. Your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor, working deceitfully. You love evil more than good, lying rather than speaking righteousness, Selah. You love all devouring words, you deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy you forever. He shall take you away and pluck you out of your dwelling place and uproot you from the land of the living, Selah. The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, Here is the man who did not make God his strength but trusted in the abundance of his riches, and strengthened himself in his wickedness. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise you forever because you have done it, and in the presence of your saints I will wait on your name, for it is good. The term contemplation appears in the introduction to this psalm, as it does in 13 other psalms. It describes a song which forces some lesson of wisdom or piety. It's a teaching song. Back in 1 Samuel chapters 21 and 22, when Saul was on David's trail trying to kill him, David makes a visit to the priest Ahimelech. David lies about his visit, says he's on a special secret mission for Saul. He gets some food from Ahimelech and takes Goliath's sword. Of course, Goliath was finished with it at that time. And that was in the possession of Ahimelech, the priest, there at Nob. While Ahimelech hardly had a choice but to help David, and did so without knowledge of David's outlaw status before Saul, one of Saul's employees, Doeg the Edomite, he told Saul about that secret meeting. Subsequently, Saul had Ahimelech and his family executed for helping David. Given those circumstances, you'd be distraught as well. According to the introduction to this psalm, this is the setting in which Psalm 52 was written. Incidentally, 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 17 to 23, when Saul commanded his soldiers to slay the priest and their families, they refused. So, who did Saul get to perform this atrocity? That's right, it was the spy Doeg, the Edomite. Given those circumstances, I think David shows a good bit of restraint in this piece dedicated to Doeg. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.